I think somebody ought to make some noise tonight and let the enemy know I have no reason to fear. Somebody ought to just throw a hand up in the air and let some words get into the atmosphere that declare I have no fear. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Glory to the name of Jesus! Woo! If you got the victory tonight, clap your hands and give him a praise one more time. Woo! Hallelujah! Are there any more than conquerors in the building tonight? Hallelujah! High five about six people on the way to your seat. Tell them I'm more than a conqueror tonight. Amen. Just remain standing as you make your way back to your seat. We're going to hasten to the word of the Lord tonight. I'm excited about what God is going to be doing in this place. Amen. Just remain on your feet. We're going to go straight into the word of the Lord tonight. Amen. But I do want to take just a quick moment uh, to give a great big welcome. I see a handful of guests that are here tonight. Would you help me put your hands together one more time and welcome all of our guests that are here in the house of the Lord. Amen. We're excited that you're here tonight. And uh, I see a handful of people that uh, have been out of town traveling that are back. And they must have just tagged a bunch of other people that decided uh, it was time to go out of town. And uh, I know that there has been a little bit of a, a sick bug that has been making its way around. Uh, but guess what? Sickness is already defeated. Amen. Sometimes you got to wake up in the morning and let the enemy know my body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. It is not a temple of sickness. It is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen, somebody. And uh, every once in a while, you just got to let the enemy know, I'm going to praise God while I cough. I'm going to praise him. While I'm sneezing, I'm going to praise him. I don't care if the thermometer says... See, I'm going to mess up somebody's night right now. The woman with the issue of blood could would have just died if she had made up in her mind, I'm too sick to get where Jesus is. Amen. I, I believe there's a special blessing that comes on people that make up in their mind not to let sickness dominate their life. Oh, I'm not backing up one square inch tonight. I still, how many of y'all believe Acts 2.38? How many of y'all believe Deuteronomy 6 and 4? How many of y'all believe Acts 4 and 12? The same Bible that gave you all those verses said let those that are sick uh, call for the elders of the church uh, to lay hands on them uh, and they shall uh, re I, I know I'm gonna mess somebody up right here, but the first place you ought to run when you're sick is to the house of God. Come on, the first place you ought to go shouldn't be to the drugstore. 
I am not preaching something I do not live. You can talk to my wife and, and our administrative staff that's with me pretty much all day, every day. And they'll tell you how many times over and over and over and over again they've seen me do exactly what I'm telling you. And uh, if there is a special touch from God and a special blessing from God that happens. Amen. 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 You got to let the enemy know I'm not serving. I'm not bowing my knee to sickness. God's not afraid of your sickness. I said God's not afraid of you being sick. Hallelujah. You got to run to Jesus when you're sick. You got to run to the house of the Lord when you're sick. Oh, I'm, I'm afraid that I get everybody sick and I'm afraid. Did you hear the, uh, the operative word in those sentences? Afraid, fear. <laughs> hey, I, I may just preach tonight, Brother Nichols. I may just go ahead and I may just go ahead and kill a devil tonight. How many of you understand that everywhere you read about sickness in Scripture, you often find its companion, the spirit of infirmity. You can't fix a spirit of infirmity with cough syrup. You can't fix a spirit of infirmity uh, with an antibiotic uh, or a prescription. Uh, there's only one way to deal with the spirit of infirmity. Uh, you've got to combat it uh, with Holy Ghost faith. But if I can just get to Jesus, I know he's still a healer. He's still a miracle worker. He's still a way maker. Glory! Glory! Hallelujah! Bishop Nichols and I were talking about this just a, a, a couple of days ago. But one of the reasons that we don't see miracles like we used to is because too many people got health insurance. See, I, I can't get no help up in the building. Or maybe if you haven't walked into the, 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 the overflow blessing of God yet, maybe it's Medicare or Medicaid. And that's even worse because you don't even have the barrier of a good copay to stop you from going to the hospital. And I'm just going to tell you right now, when you get the Holy Ghost, you need to break the cycle of every time there's sickness in the home that we're going to run to the doctor, we're going to run to the ER, we're going to run to the drug. Come on, I, am I in the right church tonight? You got to establish some dominion in your household uh, that the enemy knows when sickness comes to my house, uh, we're going to break out in a prayer meeting. Uh, when sickness comes to our house, uh, we're going to start laying hands uh, and believing God for healing. Uh, and oh, yes! Hallelujah! I'm not preaching 
about you got ran over and your legs hanging off the side and you can't go to the doctor until you fast for three days. Don't take what I'm saying out of context. But if you'll be honest, there's too many of us that first trust in the arm of flesh before we trust in the healing power of God in our lives. Amen. You got to make up in your mind. And I'm going to tell you what, it affects more than just coming to church or, or, or not going to the doctor. It, it, you've got to make up in your mind. There's got to be something that gets a hold of you that says, I refuse to let sickness cause me to get off of track in my life. So not only am I going to come to the house of God, but when I get there, I'm not going to sit on my pew and just relax for the evening. But if you thought I was giving God the praise last week, watch the kind of praise that I'm going to give him while I got a fever in my body. Watch the kind of praise that I'm going to give him while I got a migraine. I wish somebody would take about 60 seconds right now and praise him over the top of sickness. Praise him over the top of infirmity. Praise him. Hey! Hey! tonight and I'm going to press until I got him by the throat tonight there is no difference to God between the flu and cancer it's only us that create degrees of impossibility for God and so we, 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 we tend to, to take certain sicknesses and make them and elevate them to a place of prominence. And, and I'm going to stand here again and declare it tonight that God is not worried about COVID-19. I said God is not afraid of COVID-19. I hear way too many people, way too many Holy Ghost-filled people. <clears throat> oh, I must have COVID. I got, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go get. I gotta go get a test. We're more interested in seeking confirmation for the infirmity than we are finding the confirmation of God's healing. I, I, if you got the Holy Ghost, don't, don't send me a text or call and say, I think I got COVID. Number one is I, 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 don't, I don't receive that in Jesus' name. And so I, I just don't want to be contagious. Jesus never worried about contagious people. 
Oh, I'm preaching better than some of y'all shouting. If Jesus was worried about contagious people, uh, there wouldn't be any lepers in the Bible uh, that received their healing. The lepers had to walk around town uh, with their mouth covered. They had to wear a mask because they were contagious and tell everybody, uh, don't come close to me, uh, unclean, unclean. I can't be a part of everything else. The devil is a liar. God's not afraid of COVID. He's not afraid of your sickness. Bring your sickness in the presence of God. Lay, I wish somebody would give God a praise in this place tonight. Bishop, I think it's irresponsible if we know the risks and yet we still come to church. You hypocrite. I'm going to tell you why you're being a hypocrite. Hundreds of times of more people die every year from car accidents than COVID. You have a greater risk of dying in a car accident than you do of dying from COVID. You still got in your car and drove everywhere you needed to drive, knowing the risk, knowing the possibility. Come on, somebody. You better not start believing the deception of the enemy concerning sickness. You don't believe COVID is real. COVID is real. I believe it's real. I believe it kills people just like everything else. What I'm telling you is that your God is greater than any sickness. I don't care what its name is. I don't care what its classification is. I don't care what the risk is. And it's not the will of God for you to let sickness dominate your life and let sickness dictate your life. Somebody ought to give God a praise in this place. Come on. Come on. Somebody ought to dance over the top of infirmity right now. Come on, you ought to go ahead and stomp all over the top of infirmity right now. We come against the spirit of infirmity. We come against the deception of sickness and infirmity tonight. Hey, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. His blood is greater and his name is more powerful. Hey! 
You got to turn it around. You got to let your faith get to work. You got to make up in your mind, I will not be defeated. I will not be intimidated. I will not be pushed into a corner. I will not back up. Hallelujah. Listen, if you get in the habit of running from sickness, all you're doing is showing the enemy what button to push when he wants to distract you. Whenever I'm telling you, I'm telling you all the truth. Whenever I'm not feeling well, I turn it up. I take it to the next level. I can't tell you how many times I've come to the pulpit and said, okay, I'm feeling sick. Uh, most people would call off uh, or, or not show up, uh, but enemy, I'm going to preach twice as hard uh, as what I thought I was going to preach. Uh, I'm going to dance twice as much. Uh, I'm going to worship uh, with even greater intensity. Come on. It's time for some of us to get off of the defense uh, and to start going on the offense in our life. Oh yeah. You, you need to quit listening to the voice of CNN and Fox News and all of the pundits that want to propagate fear into the hearts and minds. You better shut the news off and start opening up the word of the Lord. Hey, is this alright? Is this alright, Bishop Nichols? I'm going to hand it to you in a minute. You can do what you want to do. I want to remind you of something. Media team, I want you to pull up Psalm 91 for me real quick. I, I, I'm going to put some word on this really quick here. Hallelujah. Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Stay in front of me just a little bit. I will say of the Lord, not the hospital, not the doctor, not medical science. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in, in will I trust. Surely, tell your neighbor, surely. I know that's not a name. I'm just telling you to tell him, surely. Surely, he shall deliver thee. See, some of y'all ain't convinced about the word of the Lord yet. Uh, I want to declare it one more time. Surely, uh, he shall uh, deliver you. What's he going to deliver you from? Uh, the snare of the fowler? From the noisome pestilence? What else? He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield. And oh my God, the truth of God's word is going to allow me to block all the fiery darts of deception. Listen to, listen to verse 5. Thou shalt not be afraid. Afraid of what? Afraid for the terror by night, 
nor for the arrow that flieth by day. Listen to this. Nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness. How many of you remember the nickname that they gave this virus? The invisible enemy. The pestilence that walks in darkness. The pestilence that you can't see. Uh, you can't put your hand on it. Uh, you don't know when it's coming. Uh, you don't, ooh, uh, I don't know who it's going to affect. Uh, I don't know who it's going to get. Uh, listen, baby. Uh, my life is in God's hand. Uh, he holds my breath in his hands. Uh, my days are numbered by him. Uh, and I will not live uh, one day uh, in fear uh, or terror uh, or Come on, somebody in the building. One more time. You ought to throw your hands up in the air and give God a shout of praise because we have victory over illness. We've got deliverance over infirmity. We've got authority over sickness. Sunday by the ministry of Bishop Nichols. God used Bishop Nichols in an absolute powerful way this weekend to speak to us, to speak to this church's heart. And then on Monday, we had the privilege of Bishop Nichols addressing uh, our leadership team. And, and again, God used him in a profound and powerful way. And uh, I want to say this tonight. Uh, Bishop Nichols is new here to the Rock Church, his ministry. But you need to know tonight that, that God is using Bishop Nichols in a profound way. Uh, 
I mentioned this to our leadership team last night, and I, I want to say it for the benefit of this church tonight. Uh, Bishop Nichols came up under the ministry of Bishop J.J. Bourne. And while that name may not be familiar to most of you tonight, uh, Bishop Bourne uh, is a powerful man of God who is esteemed as a prophet amongst God's people. And so Bishop Nichols was brought up underneath that kind of ministry. And I am convinced that that same mantle of anointing, that prophetic anointing, rests upon Bishop Nichols. And I said this a little bit on Sunday, but uh, the, the office and the role of a prophet is a critical part of God's New Testament church. I don't believe that a New Testament apostolic church can truly be everything God has called it to be and walk into all of the places of dominion that God wants it to walk in without the operation of the prophet working in the midst of God's people. And while there are certainly times that, whether it is myself or other men that are preaching under the unction of the Holy Ghost, move in and out of uh, a, a, a prophetic voice or prophetic moments. There are men among us whom God has laid that particular mantle of anointing as a prophet upon them. And we are so privileged. Bishop Nichols is one of those men. And this church understands that there is a, a, a very short list of men that are connected to this house uh, that have a standing invitation an open door to come here uh, at any time that God speaks to them concerning this house and uh, my pastor bishop elder one of those men and there are a couple of other uh, great elders that this church is aware of uh, but I want to say tonight and I, and I spoke to uh, Bishop Nichols about this and I want this church to recognize this tonight that we are extending that same thing, that same connection to Bishop Nichols as a prophet of this house. I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has connected us to this man's ministry in this season of this church. And uh, Bishop Nichols, we're, we're excited that you're here tonight, but I believe this connection extends so much further than what has happened this weekend and what is transpiring in this place tonight. And I want you to know, and I want this church to understand, that like the little woman that built a, a room on her house for the man of God, she recognized the prophet and said, I want him to always feel that there is an open door and an invitation for him to come. And I want you to know that we've prepared a place in this church, uh, a, a proverbial room in this church, that has your name on it. And when you feel God leading you, when you feel God speaking to you, this church is ready to receive a prophetic word from God. Amen. Amen. How many of you came tonight expecting something great from God? If you're not already on your feet, would you stand with me all over this house with your hands lifted in the air as we prepare for what the Lord is going to do in this house? Would you lift up your voice? 
with your hands right now as Bishop Nichols comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us tonight. Now I, want, I want you to praise him with lifted hands. I want you to praise him with lifted hands and let, let that which has been high, let it go deep. Would you do that right now with lifted hands? In the name of Jesus, come on. There's a wave moving through here right now. Come on, there's angels coming in this sanctuary right now. There's a depth. I want you to go down into it right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Boy, I tell you, that, that last few minutes just messed me up. That is, that is my candy stick on the healing for the sick. I don't know. Did you read verse 10? 91, Psalms 91. Look, look at verse 10. I know it's there. I'm sorry, they probably got ready for me. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague. He, he didn't just say it wouldn't touch your body. He, he didn't just say it wouldn't touch your house. He said it won't even come near your, your house. And, and then the psalmist said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Now, I think some of you might have missed it. Now, I have, felt, I have felt the word in my spirit for several days now. We'll find out if we get to that tonight. But this has to be more than about shouting and dancing and hand clapping and all that kind of stuff. That word of faith that was coming out of his mouth was, was reaching out for somebody to connect with faith to tell you if I can get your faith up here, I'll do it right now. Yeah, there's one right there. There's one right there. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, Asa Asa was king. And at one point in his kingship, 
He had an army of 300,000 men. And he faced, he faced an enemy from Ethiopia of one million. 300,000 against one million. And he, he prayed to God and he cried out to God and he was so desperate. Hey, God, we can't do, you know, it's, we're outnumbered more than three to one. We need some help up in here. And God responded and the victory was so, so powerful and so complete. It's one of the greatest victories ever recorded in Jewish history. 300,000 against an army of a million people. And many times we have that kind of faith when the enemy's attacking and we feel outnumbered and we feel pressed against the wall and we have no answers and we feel like if God doesn't come through, then we won't survive this battle. Can I get an amen out there? And sometimes, and he said it, and I've made that exact statement. You go to a third world countries and they have crusades over there and you'll see 65 crippled people healed and you'll, you'll see 48 blind people healed and you'll, you'll see tumors and gorders disappear and, and you'll see demons coming out of people just like that. They'll bring them in on donkeys chained up because they're so demon possessed and God will deliver them and fill them with the Holy Ghost just at the speaking of the word of faith. And the reason that happens over there is because all they have is faith, but we have insurance. He made the statement. So it would be wonderful if that was the last story written about Asa. If that was the final chapter and Asa could have kept his legacy intact that great victory and that battle that God wrought for them that day. But when you go to the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 11, one verse tells us where Asa's faith was. Behold the acts of Asa, first and last. Lo, they are all written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. But verse 12 said, and Asa, in the 39th year of his reign, was diseased in his feet until his disease was exceeding great. Yet, in his disease, he sought not to the Lord, but to the physicians. Now you tell me whether it's an either or thing. Now, I'm, you, you, you open the door. I'm going to just wade off into it. I'm going I'm to I'm help you with something here. God does not guide the hands of the physicians when you go into surgery. He might keep the physician from killing you. But if you don't have the faith for him to heal you, he's not going to walk up in that operating room and guide the hands of the physician. He is, boys, get quiet in here. He is the great physician. He is the great physician. And he's not fickle. And he's not ambiguous about his healing power. He will heal the sick. If you believe that, would you clap your hands and lift your voice and give God. I want you, 
intentionally. I want you to give the Lord a shout of praise if you believe that right. Come on, lift your voice if you believe that right now. On a Tuesday night, we want to let you know, Jesus, that we believe you. problem now I, I, I truly believe that part of our problem and we've talked about this out in California a couple of weeks ago part of the problem with the apostolic church is that it has not been fully restored there are components and I'm not going to go into those components tonight but there are components of the apostolic church that that aren't exactly a carbon copy of what we see in the book of Acts we are missing some components because of that, we are in this process of restoration and because of that, we have limited miracles. A cap has been put on our faith because we prayed for someone and God didn't do it. So we started creating theologies for God to excuse our unbelief. If God put it in his word by his stripes, we are. Healed, And it was, it was quoted again in the New Testament. He said it. Let him call for the elders of the church. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall. Not they might. Not they might recover, but they shall. Now, there's unbelief in this building right now, and I'm trying to help some people here because I'm telling you, he tapped into the vein. He opened this door, and it is, it's going to be silly if we just try to move on into a completely different vein than what the Lord has already opened the door to rather than giving people an opportunity to come to Jesus tonight and be healed of your infirmity. Oh, I feel it right now. That woman with the issue of blood, for 12 years, she went to every specialist. She went to every doctor. She spent a lot of time at Walgreens, prescription after prescription, trying to find the remedy. There was no remedy, but all of a sudden, she heard of the master, the great physician, walking through her community, and she said, I don't need his permission. I'm not gonna ask him to do anything. I'm not going to plead with him to heal me. But if I can touch the hem of his garment, I know I shall be healed. Whoa. Somebody ought to lift your face right now. Come on, lift your faith. Right now, we're just trying to get our faith up. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
right now ought to forget about who else is in the building. Well, I need a great man of God to lay their hands on me. Well, that might happen. But if you could just touch the hem of his garment right now, that healing angel, that virtue, the blood of Calvary, the power of the cross will move on you tonight and make you whole. Come on. Come on, where are you at? Somebody's got to say tonight, I'm tired of my arthritis. I'm tired of my sickle cell anemia. I'm tired of these blow discs in my back. I'm tired of this pain in my joints. I'm tired of this tumor in my body. If I can but touch the hem of his garment, I know that I shall be whole. Jesus, we rebuke unbelief right now. 